Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the World Transform. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, I am doing great on this Wednesday, and uh, hey, we got a we got a great guest as well. So it's it's uh, amazing Wednesday, and that's right. you'll recall that about a month ago we had a guest on who we promised we were going to have on every month. And we're keeping that promise because here it is. It's not been a month, and, and he's back. It's always a pleasure to welcome tonight's guest back to the world transformed. Thomas Frey has been called both the father of invention and the dean of futurists. He writes and speaks on topics related to the future for both the private and public sectors all over the world and is frequently featured in major media outlets as one of the leading thinkers about the future, how it will impact us, and how we can prepare for it. Thomas Frey, welcome back to the world transformed. Hey, thanks for having me back on. Um, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have you on twice this week, okay? So that <laughs> right. th- that whole every month thing, we're just going to beat the pants off that right there. We're, we're, we're going. <laughs> All right. We're going for it uh, this month. That, you know, uh, Stephen, it occurred to me that I've ac- we've actually got uh, an unintentional kind of a theme going this week because I had John Myers on on Monday, and we talked about the future of big data and Hadoop. And tonight, we're going to talk about the future of retail with Thomas. And then uh, Thomas has graciously agreed to come back on Friday and talk with us about the future of wealth. So it's all kind of the future of something important uh, for each of the three new shows this week. Completely unintentionally. We just kind of we, we landed on a theme. So. <laughs> all right. Sometimes it's better be lucky than good, right? We just, uh, there you go. Part of, you know, part of what makes it Amazing Wednesday. The theme emerged for us. So, um, Organically, yes. Interestingly, these all kind of have things to do with each other. Uh, we probably won't spend too much time tonight talking about Hadoop or, or big data, but, but the future of retail and where it's going is very much tied up with what's happening with the future of work and what's happening with um, the future of wealth and the future of the economy overall. And Tom, we were talking before we started the show a little bit about your your background in this and some of the work that you've been doing on this. So why don't you just kind of set the stage for us? What are we what are we looking at when we talk about the future of retail? What's what's happening there and where's it going? Yeah, there's there's so many uh, 
crazy factors coming into play here. Uh, certainly, everybody knows about the online world, but uh, lots of the technology uh, is, is changing, kind of, kind of the way we, uh, we think about it, too. Um, so if you can imagine walking into a retail store and all of a sudden your smart, your smart watch buzzes and, uh, and it, it signals, says, you'll like this. And so it points you in a direction. So you walk over to um, this, this section, and we'll, we'll just say that uh, they have this, uh, some sort of a, like a coffee appliance that's on display there. Um, and as you walk up to it, it starts uh, judging your facial expressions. And so it will start uh, automatically changing the lighting in the room and changing uh, the smells, the flavors. It'll start uh, changing the background music. It'll start rotating um, the product around and tilting it to get the right light and everything. And all the time it's judging your facial expression to see um, how you're reacting to it. Because if you get everything in kind of the right light and everything, and then suddenly it appears like a, a super product or something. And um, in the end, it controls all of these factors. And you as a, as a consumer, really, you don't have a chance anymore because um, it just picks up on all your little cues and um, that maybe there are some announcements that uh, uh, trigger your hot button issues and uh, and then suddenly you're pulling out your wallet before you actually knew you wanted to buy anything. Um, that, so that's that's one you know aspect of the future of retail that could. Uh, could you know, there's this out. there's this whole sub discipline within marketing analytics called sentiment analysis, all about what what the consumer's thinking, what they're feeling, where what they're trying to get their mood, their temperature. But yeah. what you're describing is just ridiculous, right? I mean, it, it, that's that's real sentiment analysis, right? Real time, we're we're looking at your face and figuring out what you're feeling based on that, and updating the message, updating the whole presentation, updating the whole retail experience based on that in real time, right? I, they could do a heat map on a heat map on you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little flush. I, lo I love this product so much, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, seriously, uh, it, it could, like you say, it could, it could, uh, it could come down to just not even being fair <laughs> to the consumer. Yeah. You know? But 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 so, that all that all assumes that people will be showing up in shops to begin with. And how safe an assumption, I wonder, is that? You were you were talking, uh, giving some interesting background uh, when, when we were talking earlier about the history of the shopping mall. It might be worth to uh, worth yeah. take a moment so, and, and, and go through that. Yeah, the first the first shopping mall, enclosed shopping mall in the United States, was actually built in 1956, and the very last one was built in 2006. So it was a 50-year run. For shopping malls. Now we have lots of shopping centers uh, still being built and everything, but uh, as far as the enclosed ones, um, there there was a, a definite flaw in the thinking there because if you get one large retailer that uh, that goes out, it starts creating a cancer that eats away at the rest of uh, the shopping mall, and invariably it ends up on kind of resting on the shoulders of the city that it's based in. They have to figure out what to do with that property after it starts falling apart on, on everybody. Um, uh, but the, some of the other history is that 1962 was a very 
uh, important year for retail because that was the year that the first Walmart store was built, the first Kmart store, and the first Target. They, they all started in 1962. Um, and, uh, and so when we look at our, you know, our ability to buy stuff online, and, and it's getting so quick and easy, uh, but we, we get cabin fever if we're stuck at home all the time, so we still need to get out. We're humans are social creatures by nature, and, and we want to be around other people. We, we have a need to get entertained. So if retail stores start going away, and there's like 3,500 of them that have announced that these stores are going to close this year, um, people are still going to need to, to be around other people. And so what takes that place? Uh, I think there's a huge opportunity there, and I'm not sure I, I know all the answers to it, but I, I love to speculate on some of the ideas. It's, you know, one question I have, uh, who was it that built one in 2006? Do you know where it was? Uh, I, I guess I don't know which one that is, but what a loser, huh? <laughs> That's what I'm going to get with the time. <laughs> I, I saw Jeez. a uh, – it was a very interesting article. It was like this urban explorer that was uh, – walking through a mall that was just a ghost town and, you know, sad. And he said this this mall was built, one of the last malls built. It was built in 1999. And look at it. I mean, this is less than, you know, this is less than 20 years old. And, you know, and millions of dollars went into this thing. And it's just yeah. a, a white elephant. It's amazing how fast that, how fast that model went away. Yeah, so... So, um, where do you where do you see uh, where do you see some of the trend? You know, if if there's a more positive trend for retail, where is it? Obviously, in in a lot of urban and suburban settings, the mall went away, but it was replaced by open air concepts. And you you've got these kind of multi purpose spaces where there's some retail and there's some restaurants and maybe there's a movie theater and then there's housing. And you get the idea that 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 space can be repurposed pretty easily in these in these right if uh, if they're not doing yeah. as much retail a lot of it could become housing or 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 whatever so so there's a, a somewhat more flexible model you see in in modern shopping centers but I, I think there must be more than just architecture to look forward to in terms of what's going to bring people back if 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 anything is going to bring people back to yeah. uh, to the actual store yeah so that uh, there's there's some fascinating uh, scenarios we've been playing with. Um, one is the idea of, of mobile businesses. Um, so as we move into the driverless era, uh, having having a business on wheels, um, whether it's the size of an RV or a, a large van or something, but uh, I mean, you can imagine, I mean, it makes perfect sense to have a mobile pizza operation that's where you're making the pizzas on the way that to, to get delivered uh, you're, you're making them and then cooking them and then and then they get delivered right when they're done cooking. Right. Um, so things things like that. And you could have sushi once, and you could have all kinds of other food. But having having a mobile pharmacy um, where people order uh, a new prescription, and you have a 3D printer that's printing uh, that prescription, uh, hyper individualized prescription for that person uh, as it's driving along and uh, delivering that to their house. Um, and, and whether you go into, like, mobile dry cleaners or even mobile retail, um, uh, certainly it makes good sense for, uh, like, chiropractors or dentists or accountants that 
you know, can travel around and set up shop anywhere. But if you have mobile retail like that, then you transition from trying to bring customers to the store, and then you can bring the store to the customers. Um, that, that's a radically different way of approaching things. You say, oh, well, this, this intersection here is not doing very well. Let's, let's move down a couple miles. Um, and I, I have this vision in my head that in the future we're going to be standing along some of the major roads with augmented reality glasses on, and we see these mobile businesses driving by, and we have um, – these uh, advertisement above all these vehicles that we can see with our augmented reality glasses, and then we find products there that we were interested in, and so then we, we suddenly we we trigger that uh, vehicle to pull over and stop so you can buy something from them. Um, that's that's an interesting notion. I don't know if it's going to turn out that way, but I uh, I love playing around with these concepts. So. Wow. So so brick and mortar gets replaced by tire and windshield kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> model of, of 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 putting retail out there. But but you still got that real world presence, right? Because the merch would be in that vehicle, right? So you're walking along, yeah. you, you you've got your uh you've got your augmented reality glasses on and you see, ah, they've got the exact thing I need. And yeah. You, you 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 wouldn't have to hail them like a taxi, right? Obviously, it's like Uber. You'd hit the button and uh and yeah. and here they come. And and actually, um, what about kind of an Uber model, right? There's just there's there's merchandise out there. It's in it's in various vehicles, and you just get yourself on the queue for having something delivered, right? So you, right. you, you get yeah, the kind right. of same day delivery thing going. Um, maybe rather than coming from a warehouse, this stuff is actually yeah. coming from a local retail outlet, which now does most of its business not through people showing up at the store, but through through cars, right, leaving the store yeah. with stuff to take to people. Do you think that's a yeah. that's a possible model? Yeah. So uh, a while back, I wrote uh, about this concept of what I call docking shops, and I, w- I was born and raised in a small rural community up in South Dakota, and a lot of these rural communities have dwindled down. So uh, the the a town of you know two or three thousand can't support a full-time accountant, or they can't support a full-time chiropractor or dentist, and things like that. So then you'd create these docking shops where you could have mobile businesses that could come in and dock and and uh, and spread out their wares or uh, get their customers to come in just you know one day a week. But if you expanded that idea to um, to like a, a large enclosed building where you could have um, you know thirty, forty, fifty of these mobile uh, businesses that that arrive, um, and, uh, and, and, and so it's enclosed, so you kind of control the environment, but uh, it's a different group of businesses every day, so it's always a different experience. And so, you know, it's like a, uh, a mobile business rodeo of sorts where uh, lots of interesting things happening, and, and then the, that, uh, the big facility then could actually have entertainment and things that draw people in. So it uh, it touches on several other nerve centers uh, for people that are wanting a different type of experience. Can you can you envision um, these mobile businesses maybe being as large as a semi or a bus or something like that, but a big vehicle where you yeah. it, it would stop and you'd go in and maybe even browse around a little bit. Is, is, yeah, is that, that a possibility too? Possible. Yeah, it's entirely possible, and then. 
it, they could be somehow robotic, so the, the sides fold out like wings, and uh, we have robotic racks that fold out and stretch out for uh, 20 feet in each direction, and so um, it's just like a giant circus tent of sorts that opens up and things start happening under the underneath the roof. Um, and uh, so part of, part of my thinking came down from, you know, when we talk about the the driverless world is, uh, is asking the question, will we still have RVs in the driverless world? And I thought, yeah, well, why not? And then, and then, well, what else can you do with an RV shell? Well, you can do lots of different things, but it could be like a semi, it could be a bus, it can be um, lots of different configurations because, um, yeah, it just opens the door for lots of creativity. Now, you know, another model that might be related to this is sort of uh, the – uh, kind of an ad hoc uh, situation where um, you, you know, businesses can uh, spring up, uh, you know, based on you know two or three people figuring out a project that needs to be done, and uh, they they do these things and uh, often completely online. Uh, but if if they need some office space, they they can quickly rent it uh, in in a you know a uh, even even uh, a, a day or even less uh, sort of situation where offices just sort of change hands as needed, maybe to greet members of the public, that kind of thing. And to some extent, that model is already already uh, already here, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think this can go up in lots of little different niches and variations, and um, and and I'm sure. The reality will be different than, than what we're speculating, but uh, it may not be all that much different. So, right. Uh, uh, that when I when I do scenarios like this, I I'm hoping I'm triggering some ideas in people's heads that uh, they're thinking, oh wow, I think I can do that, you know, and maybe we should experiment with this. Um, I do know that, well, at least in Colorado here, where we have the the worst. Um, the worst sales tax system in the United States, which we, we, we get the award for that. Right. Um, so that if you, if you have a retail business in Colorado, you run the risk of getting audited by like 276 different um, uh, auditing agencies. Um, <laughs> that's encouraging. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. That, that's, that's all the motivation I need to stay out of retail, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Yeah, but there's there's all these different taxing districts and everything, and and so each one requires its own forms and everything to be fi- filed. Uh, so so that's that's kind of crazy. But technology enables co- complexity. So if you have a mobile business where um, you you drive in and, and every transaction automatically calculates what the what the the tax rates is and everything for that particular space that you're 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 in there. Um, I think um, then it takes all the kind of the bureaucratic nonsense out of uh, all this paper filing. And, I mean, if we could have it all automated so that it just generate some reports and shoot it in. And so it becomes seamless, and then and the store owner doesn't even have to pay attention to it. That's That's the kind of retail business that I'd like to run. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You want you, – you want – to remove as much of that upfront pain as you possibly can. And, you know, to kind of combine that with, with what Stephen was talking about, the, the, there has not been a really great model in the past. You see it kind of emerging now, but not really a great model in the past for temporary retail. 
right? That right. you know, if if you're going if you're going into retail, you're you're making a long term commitment. You're you're finding some real estate someplace. You're putting in shelving. You're establishing relationships with suppliers, and you know you probably bought some big franchise thing. I mean, it, you know, it's it, there, there's this this huge infrastructure that that has to go into place. But there have always been temporary retail. When yeah. when when the harvest comes in, right? You know, and you've got people set up stands on the roadside because they got cantaloupes, or they, you know, right. they, they've got they, they've got whatever is uh, whatever has just has just ripened and and it's for sale. Or I think about leading up to the Fourth of July, there's fireworks stands. Or more recently, um, there's this strip mall not too far from where I live. It, it had a big I can't think of what was there. It was one of the big electronic chains that went under. So it could have been anything, but I, I can't remember which one it was. Um, but now it's this big empty space, except for it becomes a Halloween store right around Halloween time. And then after okay. that, it's a Christmas store for a while, right? And then yeah. I'm not sure if they sell fireworks there or not, but it, it just it's a few different things over the course of the year. And a lot of the time, it's just <laughs> it's this big empty, uh, big empty space. But you can imagine, um, if you take the need for the infrastructure out of it, um, and you're just responding to a seasonal or even a even a more emergent need than that. You you could have instant yeah. short-term retail businesses. I think about the, like like during a blackout in New York, these enterprising people who find a case of flashlights and they're walking around selling them, right? Or you know it's right, it's, right. it's raining and suddenly my van is full of umbrellas, right? Oh, you need right. an umbrella here? We got them. You know, we got them right here. We can uh, we can set you up. I, I wonder how much. Um, of the future of retail has to do with that kind of on the spot, what people need, kind of meeting them where they are at that moment, rather than yeah. what what so, we picture right now is this kind of permanent infrastructure sort of thing. Yeah, the way the way I think about retail is that there's uh, there's not going to be one size fits all solution. Um, yeah, we're going to have lots of different kinds of retail, um, and. Uh, you know how how the product gets delivered and what kind of products it is. I mean, there's lots of people um, who want just to go out and have a good experience. So, um, can we package experiences as products then? And what does that look like? And yeah, I mean, if we tie in this mobile experience, this mobile business, um, I I keep uh, kind of coming back to this idea of. of uh, you know, having uh, speed dating on on a, a driverless vehicle, so that two random people get into a, a vehicle and they take off, and it's literal literal speed dating that where they're driving around, getting to know each other, and then after five minutes they stop and two other people get in. Um, but these, these type of business models, I think we're going to get very creative with uh, the possibilities here. I wonder, you know, we've talked a little bit about uh, augmented reality and how that would fit in. I, I can see that fitting in really well in a traditional retail setting where you walk into the store and now the store is talking to you. Everything, everything you mentioned before about how the whole experience is kind of being updated to, to, to meet your needs. What about virtual reality? Uh, is, is that something that could be incorporated into retail or is that something that's probably going to keep people at home, right? Because you can, um, you can have the whole go-to-the-store experience right there in your house. Yeah, um, yeah. I think augmented reality and virtual reality somehow can emerge in the future. Um, but virtual reality it takes you out of the space you're in right now, um, <clears throat> so it puts you in a whole different world. Um, and at least this generation, maybe the next generation gets better. But 
um, if, as an example, you're experiencing a football game with virtual reality, um, suddenly you're out of the space and watching football is a very social activity. And as, as you got your, your face covered up, then suddenly you don't know where you left your beer, you don't know where your pizza is. And, and so you have a really hard time having conversations with people because you're seeing things from a totally different perspective than they are. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, so, so I tend to think that uh, virtual reality is going to be experienced in small doses. Uh, I don't, I don't <clears throat> ever see somebody, <clears throat> and I might be wrong, but I don't see anybody watching a three-and-a-half, four-hour football game straight through with the virtual reality helmet on. And unless, unless that experience is so detailed that, like, the people sitting next to you are there in there with you, right? Uh, if, if, if it can bring the social context in. But even then, you're right. I mean, unless it's showing you where your beer is and where the bathroom is and all the rest of that stuff, it seems like you're, uh, it's going to be a pretty yeah. interrupt-driven thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, the, but let's take one of these, <clears throat> one of these big shopping buildings, and you have mobile businesses that are that drive in there and set up shop for a day, um, and, in, and I like to think in terms of the gig economy. And so you have some little craftsman here that's that's setting up a little booth over on the side there. Uh, they don't have the sophisticated driving uh, vehicle or driving shop, and then then you have the the entertainment might be. Um, like drone races where the drones are flying around and then you can um, you put on the VR helmets and you can experience the drone racing while it's happening uh, from the drone's point of from view. From the drone's point of view, yeah. Yeah, and that, that I think is uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, it's a, an adrenaline rush to a lot of people. <clears throat> um, so I, I would find that absolutely fascinating. I want to go to that, that type of an experience. Yeah, and and to your point, th- those might be the hooks that bring people back in and do some shopping, right? <laughs> because yeah. the, it, it's like there's going to be this race or this fight to get people's foot in the door, and maybe the merchandise itself is no longer going to be the thing that gets them there. It, 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 right. it has to be part of this whole experience to get them there. You know, um, I, I um, had an interesting shopping experience. Uh, it's probably been, I don't know, six months ago. There's a place in Dallas, Texas called Fiesta Mart, and it's totally, pretty much uh, all the uh, retailers that are there are bringing stuff in straight from Mexico. And, you know, everyone, you know, everyone that's there is bilingual. You know, so there's, it's very much of a... An experience, it's, it's a little bit like crossing the border without having to cross the border, okay? Right. And uh, just the experience of it, I mean, it's an extremely popular place. Uh, and not just among the Hispanic people that are in the Dallas area, but everybody loves that place. because. And I bet they got the so, music so going, they got the food going, right? The whole thing, right? right? They got, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's the whole experience, and it's very much ad hoc because you got different retailers that are buying little are, are renting little stalls within this this what used to be uh, I don't know like a uh, a Walgreens or something it's it's but it's bigger than that it's uh, 
not quite the size of a full Walmart, but uh, maybe half the size of a, of a Walmart. One of, it was you know, a more traditional uh, store at one point, but it's now been converted into this and, and, and divided into stalls. And it's, it's a fascinating experience. And I, I wonder if that model would work for, I don't know, um, uh, other ethnicities or whatever, um, you know, just other interests, you know, maybe a, maybe a bunch of, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, do-it-yourself people or something could do something like that. It, it's interesting. I, I, I found it fascinating. Yeah, it seems yeah. like we're really only scratching the surface with this kind of stuff, aren't we? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think all this technology opens the door for us to get creative in ways that we've just never dreamed of. And in um, the younger generation that grows up with all this technology – uh, it, that gets ingrained in their thinking, and they can they can kind of um, come up with ideas that uh, we've just simply all overlooked. Um, that's what I find fascinating. Yeah. So if you look at the future of retail, you're thinking ad hoc, open ended, um, personalized, and ultimately for those of us who are not of the younger generation, way outside of what we might expect. Well, you know what? That's going to have to do it for this edition of the World Transform. We're right at, uh, right at our time. Thomas, thanks so much for joining us and leading us on what's really just kind of the beginning of a discussion about that. This sounds like a topic we'll have to pick up again another time. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. It's, it's always great having you on. Stephen, thanks for being here as always. Thank you all for being with us. We are going to be back on Friday with a brand new show talking about the future of wealth. Look forward to talking with you all then. And until next time, live to see it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.